This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grant Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's Playground. But first, if you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. Coming up today, it's Bro. Brian Brosdahl talks hot walleye bites, hot panfish bites, and throws his two cents in when it comes to live scope and technology. Plus another Bro Brosdahl Fast Five. It's all coming up. I'll turn the lake into a big old ass. I never use this for 20-pound tails. If you're fishing with me, you're fishing with the best. And if you're not, ooh, yeah, girl, soon you're gonna be. I catch more fishes than the seagull birds. If you all ain't fishing, you're a bunch of nerds. When planning your trip up north, plan to park your RV or camper at the spacious Grand Haven RV Campground in Bemidji. You'll be in the perfect area to ride ATV, fish, hunt, and hike. With free parking for your boats and trailers and located just off Highway 2 west of Bemidji, Grand Haven Campground is the center point for your next Northland adventure. Fish hundreds of surrounding lakes and cruising the miles and miles of the ATV trails northern Minnesota has to offer. Visit GrandHavenCampground.com and book your stay today. I'm Bruce Jean, and this is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Hey, we're checking in with Brian Bro Brosdahl, one of the uh, great stars of uh, Paul Bunyan Country Fishing. Uh, it's well-known all over the nation. I think you probably do as many radio shows and podcasts as I do, if not more, bro. I don't know about that. <laughs> I get my share done. But... Yeah. <laughs> You've been out and about fishing, I'm guessing. Do you have a rough guess as to how many fishing trips a year you actually take? Well, if a day's on the water, it's a uh, little over 300, I would say. That's on the ice and on the water, and uh, and then the other days are for getting stuff done, like flat tires, getting new tires, getting stuff fixed, U-joints, you, you name it, uh, oil changes, uh, just so I could get back to fishing, and I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> well, it's pretty cool because you know, I'm getting to see more and more pictures of Heather catching fish, so it looks like she likes to get out there and fish, too. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and when we're uh, promoting for the sponsors, we want to make sure that we get out and we do a good job and we get on a good bite. And I think she's better in the photo than me. I mean, if, if I keep putting myself in there, uh, people are going to not want to look at that. <laughs> well, bro, how has it been this year? I mean, uh, pretty much I'm getting fairly good reports even to this day. You still get a decent walleye report. So it seems like it's been a pretty good year. This is one of the best years I remember. Uh, there's there's big numbers of fish everywhere, a lot of little ones, but the year class that's kind of in, in Winnie and surrounding lakes is everywhere. And I think I think it's it's an exceptional year. And you know, if, if it slows down, it just slows down on one or two lakes. 
Right. You, you, there's still other options for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I would say that that uh, that uh, from uh, this year's to last year's, about four years in a row we've had great uh, year classes coming up on the lake. So we got – every lake's got – eaters you know they're starting to get over 14 closer to 15 and then there's another wave coming and so there's action when you're out there uh the perch are are good sized and i think it doesn't take very many tough winters you get a tough winter a lot of flush hard to get around and the perch do exceptionally well uh the lakes that you know that are good for jumbo perch are uh are going to be real really good and uh it all depends on what winter brings because if we freeze up and you can roll a marble across the ice, uh, our the population of northern Minnesota, the ice fishing increases exponentially. And uh, some people stay for weekends, whatever, but uh, the pressure is extreme nowadays. So it doesn't hurt for nature to kind of protect itself. Absolutely. Um, so where have you found the best fishing or where have you enjoyed fishing the most this year? Well, I, you know, I really love fishing on on Lake Winnipegosh because uh, it, it's a lake that has a lot of biting fish and uh, the walleyes generally run smaller than, than the other lakes uh, but in between the 13s and 14s there's still a few 15 to 17s and there's a little groups of uh, 16, 16 and a half which is perfect guide fish and you still catch those big ones and uh, fish 19 to 25 inches are still uh, distributed throughout the lake. So you get action, and then you get those fish. And uh, Cass Lake has been really, really tricky and and, uh, tough. But at night, it just bites. They just bite out there like crazy for the the trollers. And I really don't know how many they're taking, but everybody's getting them. And and, uh, Lake Bemidji's never stopped. It, It had a little bit of algae that was... Uh, kind of messing up people's lines, but uh, that's nature protecting itself again. So when you're booking a trip, are you booking trips from people, they say, I want to go fish this lake or that lake, or they are they say, booking a trip with bro and say, take us where we need to go? Yeah, it's take take us where we need to go. I don't, uh, uh, you, you let them kind of run the trip, you're going to be an unhappy guide the rest of your life. Uh, <laughs> you, you take them where you can get them fish. If they want you to you know, I've had it where, hey, I want you to take me to West Battle Lake and put me on fish, and you've never been there before, or I want to see it. I want to see what you do. Yeah, that's all fine and dandy, but you know, uh, you got to have your you got to have your home waters when you're a guide. You got to uh, pick the best bite because it's it's all dependent on temperatures. It's all dependent on bug hatches, and uh, and and of course. Uh, some lakes have better populations than others, and um, you know there there are some lakes that uh, the guides avoid, and I'm not going to name them, but uh, and the resorts get mad about it because uh, you want to take them where they're going to get bit. You're not going to take them where they can get a bunch of hammerhead or murders, unless that's what they want. But uh, uh, yeah, leaving it open to uh, 20 minutes this way drive or half hour that way drive uh, is better for the client and they have a better chance of getting fish. But there's times when it's just tough everywhere uh, based on atmospheric pressure and everything. But when uh, every, every guide looks into their uh, their options and their crystal ball, they have to take a good guess and go for it. And uh, and it, it's 
it's it's a good good place up here because uh, most guides work together and uh, they don't they don't have to be best friends or anything, but they work together and uh, you don't see that everywhere you go. Um, you know, you get into other states and there's a lot of uh, animosity. You know, if you go west or you go east, but Minnesota, everybody gets along and everybody likes each other. You know, whether they're friends or just uh, quick, uh, uh, you know, connections, but uh, all the guys work together to make it happen. You know, I might not tell them my uh, pros stealth rig or uh, or a, a jig and cadence, but I'll tell them they're going. And you know, so it's it, it's kind of a great situation, and it's a great state to guide in. In addition to just being in a really good place when it comes to you know your classes on a number of lakes. Uh, what other things have combined to make for a, a good year this year? Well, this year we've had cooler water. Last year, the first week of June, we already had some temperatures pushing 100 degrees. We had 96, 98, and uh, it created a, a quick algae growth on the vegetation. And the vegetation uh, got followed super fast and displaced fish. And th- But in that regard, it was really good if you figured out those patterns, but this year seems like the vegetation grew stronger and thicker. Uh, we had clear water, super clear water, and, and we had cool water, which uh, cool water keeps algae from blooming. Uh, made it a little bit tough on clear lakes, but you had to get it out there a little bit. But, you know, with hummingbird side imaging, which is still the best uh, in side imaging, you could see the fish to the sides and uh, gave you a good uh, template to start fishing. And what I was seeing is little spookier fish, but they're biting. When the water temperature stays under 70, you can fish any way you want. You can jig, you can rake, you can uh, pitch plastics, you can use crankbaits, you can use spinners. When it goes over 70, it changes. And basically... Uh, throughout the whole thing, slip bobbers are becoming really hot. I mean, they are winning tournaments. Uh, almost every tournament, top ten are all slip bobbers. Um, they're finding fish and they're putting it right on their nose. But in in uh, a day's fishing, if you're doing that, you you might, unless you're on a big school of fish, you're catching less fish. So jigging is still a fast way to catch fish. Find the fish, you jig them out of there. Uh, and you're seeing less and less people doing long drifting and and uh and uh, trolling past the fish you're seeing more people fish the fish when they find them and uh so that's the change of modern day technology and fishing uh, you know instead of my motto's always been instead of catching a fish every long pass let's catch a fish every cast and uh and it's true and uh as technology advances, we're finding that people are fishing fish. And in tournaments, they want less, but they want bigger. They don't even mess around with the small ones. And the, the old-day fishermen and tournament angler fished through the fish and sometimes had to go through 60 fish just to get the right ones. Now they just look for the right one and pick them off. And, uh, but still, you still have to catch fish. You have to find fish. But it's a long day just fishing for a few. So if we're not in a tournament and we're guiding, we're going to go get some numbers and have a great time. Absolutely. I mean, that's what um, that's what people want, right? Absolutely. <laughs> they love it. And, uh, 
even even with technology and even with an absolutely giant group of people that head our way on the ice, just a massive group of people now uh, with wheelhouses, it's still fishing is phenomenal. I mean, I don't remember it being so good uh, ever. I mean, I I've seen less fish and uh, just a kind of a, a mix of fish. There was bigger fish in different lakes around. Leech Lake had more big fish, and Cass had a lot more big fish. Um, but there's more fish now. So uh, it's a balancer. Um, if you want big fish, it's a longer wait uh, and less, less fish to keep, and it's a totally different program. But uh, but we, we do have numbers, and there's still some quality fish. You look at the tournaments that are happening now, the weights are setting records over and over and over. Every single tournament is more and more. That's technology. Those fish have always been there. They're 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 just uh, they're finding them because they can see them now, and uh, and then they're fishing that fish until they catch it or it swims away as fast as it can. Um, but beyond that, all of our lakes from here to Park Park Rapids to Bemidji to Red Lake Lake of the Woods. Vermilion, uh, all these lakes still have a lot of fish in them, and uh, we probably are, you know, outside of Erie, we are the best walleye state there is. I mean, you, you get to other states, they have walleyes, but not in, they don't produce as heavily as our state. They don't have, uh, they got great programs, and the DNR stocking programs are, are exceptional, and uh, they do a great job on that. And But now with technology, Maybe it's time to watch those limits um, because there's more pressure than people don't. Technology. It's definitely a topic that's been brought up a lot lately in the fishing circles. We will delve into that topic in more depth next. Rob Rosedahl visiting the show today. This is Toby Kavaliwak. All of us at LOA are proud to make Kev Jackson sound smart. Sort of. This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. I'd like to invite you to drop a line in one of the 400 lakes in the Bemidji area. We have 160 miles of biking trails, forest trails, campsites. You can even get your picture with Paul Bunyan and Babe is Blue Ox. And when your adventures are done, we have some of the best eateries that Minnesota has to offer. Plus, much, much more. And don't forget to check us out at the Minnesota State Fair in the Education Building. Bemidji, one step further. I'm Chuck Hassey of Leisure Outdoor Adventures, and you're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Grove Rosedahl is the man today, and as we went to break, he mentioned technology. Speaking of technology, I mean, that's the big topic this week, right? The the whole thing with LiveScope and, and, the, and the decision made by the Professional Muskie Tournament Trail. But I've heard this conversation much of the year. Uh, what are your thoughts on LiveScope and its impact on fish? Well, in professional fishing, uh, you have these people who are at the top of the game that are uh, understand and know the fish to an extreme uh and then you have the, the people who just started but they have live scope and some of them have four of them in their boat um do they really understand fish or are they chasing a blob on their screen and putting a bait next to the blob now you take that away from them and are they going to take their ball and go home or are they going to be able to fish against the other guys there's, there's a whole lot of stuff. My, my philosophy is when technology makes it so nothing can ever hide, 
is a state record a record anymore? Mm. When the people who set the records never had this technology, does 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 technology allow us to set a state record or or you know catch a master angler fish while using something that a fish can't hide? There's no rest time for fish anymore, and you get a walleye that's 24 to 29 inches. They're older than we ever thought in the past. You know, they're they're doing scale samples and realizing some of these fish are 15 to 20, 25 years old. And you get up into the boundary waters, they're older yet. And our mm. four or five-year-old eaters here up there are 12 years old. Um, now, you, if, if anybody can go out and pick off the biggest fish in any given body of water in a short amount of time, a super old fish, add up the years. Well, what are we what are we gaining? So I would say, as far as uh, records, fish records, world records, if you're using forward imaging, it shouldn't count because the people who set the records didn't have it. They had traditional sonar. And as far as fun fishing, I think it's great for kids. It's great for families. It's great for guides. <laughs> <laughs> but at fishing tournaments, you either have a, a gamer tournament or you have a fisherman's tournament, and uh, you can have both. You don't have to have one or the other, but you can't have a gamer and a fisherman tournament. Right. And for those who have it, sorry, that's just how it is. So you're 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 saying this forward imaging and these types of things, when it comes to records, are kind of like the steroids of fishing. They're the steroids of fishing. They truly are. And you can go into a 200 acre lake and find that that. 14 or 15 pound fish in a, in a state that only has a 13 pound record or does, should that count if you could just go there and just comb it through I mean you know to, can NASA claim a world record they could probably get a fish in minutes <laughs> US military or the naval no this is naval technology can can the navy claim a world record fish no, <laughs> no. but anyway get, getting beyond that I think there's a place where so you have a gamer tournament, you have a fishing tournament, and uh, but it's changed how everybody fishes. You either adapt to the gamer if you're going to fish it, or you don't. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, because if if a gamer is coming in with forty to fifty pounds on a lake that normally weighs twenty to twenty four, you might as well not enter the tournament unless you're ready to play the game. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of people about this, and it's it's really a lot like what you're saying. There's a lot of mixed emotions about it they get why you know they 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 say i'm probably going to get one but you know and that's kind of the vibe i'm getting from most people well and it's it's great uh side imaging is great technology but you still you see them and then you got to figure out you know you still got to figure out where they're you're not casting right on them you're you're casting in their direction so it's still that's pretty deadly but advancements are good advancements always work but uh, advancements with old limits and you know uh, mm. probably not not good uh, but this is kind of a, a really fast forward it's it's like when Aquaview came out they wanted to make it illegal and ban it and it's still illegal in tournaments how should that be illegal when you can see a fish from 80 feet away and not even look at how deep you are anymore you could see them if they're over 80 feet of water 60 feet of water or in the weeds, and uh, just chase down blobs. I mean, uh, the, the, what's the next advancement? You could just weigh a fish from the screen. Right. Um, 
But that being said, it doesn't work in every situation. You know, very deep down in the weeds, um, you know, a bluegill at the bottom of the weeds, you're not going to see them on that. You still have to poke a camera down to see them, and you might not see them on that, so you have to fish for them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you've got a pile of, of perch on the screen, uh, the little ones are still faster than the big ones, so you just have to keep fishing. And, uh, and if there's a lot of fish, start jigging you know if, if you're on uh a, a winnie uh cast uh, red lake and red lake's one of those quiet quiet lakes that everybody's glad that everybody forgets about and it gets really good you know <laughs> that's the thing about this area if you're fishing the same old lakes and you're forgetting about those great big walleye factories uh you know you probably shouldn't uh it, you know granted it changed you're not just going to go on the shoreline break and catch fish but Put down a spinner or crankbait or a real loud jig, and you're going to catch fish. And it's, you know, there's there's a lot of bites in the area, um, and uh, and I do have board viewing technology. I have Humminbird Mega Live, and I can see fish uh, from over 80 feet away. I can see them, but you still have to make them bite. And there's people with the technology that that can't catch or make them bite. They're going out against some of these tournament anglers, and they can't make them bite. And uh, and then there's the ones that are making them bite. So there is there is fishing uh, with the technology. Still, you still have to know what you're doing. And uh, there's people who who've had this stuff forever, and they still don't know how to use it. And that's why they need a guide. <laughs> <laughs> well, bro, so, that's above and beyond that. Uh, technology is always good but let's make it an even playing field when we do it. Yeah. So listen, bro, I know that you are a big uh, uh, pan fisherman when you get that opportunity. Have you had many opportunities this year? Absolutely. I uh, just uh, finished shooting uh, Lund TV, and uh, that'll be aired here coming up uh, throughout the winter. Uh, We went for big bluegills, catch and release, and we had them over 11 inches. And... um, and there was no technology that could find them. You just had to work hard for them and uh, cold front. And then, then topped it off with uh, crappie catches. And it was an absolutely a, a, jo- a joyful day. And I was fishing with Heather, and we, we caught some of them giant bulls and um, got and released them on film. So that'll be something for, for people to look for coming up. And uh, bluegill fishing has been really hot right now. Um, on all the lakes that have bluegills, they're biting. Um, they, you know, they start out obviously in the spring in the muddy areas, then they go to the rushes, and then they move out into the deepest weed edge. That on some lakes, a deep weed edge could be dark lakes, eight nine feet. On other lakes, it could be twenty eight twenty nine feet, depending on the water clarity. And on that deep weed edge, they're starting to show up. Uh, and the bigger ones sometimes will be in the middle where the weeds are still a little bit tall and have plume and cover, and the crappies are still on that edge. But on some lakes with moderate basins, you know, in that 20 feet, they're starting 20 to 24, they're starting to move out towards that edge. Not on the bottom, but, you know, 15, 18 feet down. So, you know, this is a great time for panfish. You're still not blowing them up because, uh, you know, they're not getting barrel, barrel trauma or pressure. But there's still a lot of fish hanging in the thickest, deepest weeds, um, and uh, 
it's just a, it's a real fun thing. And using a Northland Firefly jig under a light bite slip float is a really good way to go. And even waxies, like using a wintertime, it's a smaller bait. Uh, panfish leech, if you can't find panfish leeches, just cut a, cut a leech up in the strips and put that on there. A chunk of crawler. Uh, and then gamma cats will make circle hooks if you plan on just throwing the gills back, maybe eating perch and, you know, later. Uh, use a circle hook because when you set the hook, it comes up to their jaw. And you can get circle hooks in a size 6 or size 8 and uh, put a chunk of crawler on there. When they swallow it, there's less chance you hook them in the throat. Now, you can't, you will hook them in the throat even with that. The hook doesn't cost much. Clip it and let it go. But if you get them under 9 inches, if you get it, you know, seven and a half to eight three quarter inch gill that's a keeper but if they're nine don't keep them we got something that no one else in the united states has is northern strain bluegills that are nine to eleven inches and so we really have a, a treasure up here and uh let's keep it so i i lose track you know time flies so fast i can't remember are we in the second or third year of the new regs with with panfish uh this is the the second year and uh you know, there, there's been regs now for for close to a decade, but it's getting more and more. And uh, for those out there that, you know, they're, they're not on board with that, that's fine. There's still lakes for you. But for the rest of us and for people with kids and grandkids or great-grandkids, let them see what you had when you were a kid. It's only fair. Have, mm-hmm. them, have some lakes that are protected with big gills so, we could, so they could relive what everybody else had earlier on. And I think it's a great thing. The win-win for every, all situations. If you don't like the five limits, don't go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you do, if you do uh, want five, you can take five. I just recommend I mean, the harvest size stay stay small because that that could change a lake too. And they do flag a lake. That's my thing I want to mention. When when you got a five limit lake or a ten limit lake, it kind of flags it. And uh, if someone decides to go there and sort up all the biggest storms on a five limit lake then go back to their motel or resort, and then go back and harvest again and go back. How does that work? But right now that exists because uh, you can't, uh, you don't want to start an argument with two different groups. you gotta, you got to give them a benefit. But if someone's keeping the real big ones, just tell them, tell them uh, you'd like to keep them in the lake. Uh, but it's a good situation for everybody because we are protecting lakes. No protection is worse. I'm Bill Rosedale, proud to help educate Kevin Jackson on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu This is Dick Beardsley, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Bro, bro's all my guest. We are talking panfish. He loves catching bluegills. And, bro, what's your rule of thumb? What do you keep and what do you put back? Under nine. Touch mouth, closed tail, pinch. Do not keep a bluegill that touches nine and up. And if people are keeping tens, and if they're guides, they're wrong. I'll argue with them all day long. And you can't keep a bluegill nine inches and up because that's that's just too big. In in a, a seven and a half to eight three quarter inch bluegill is a perfect eater. You don't have to keep tiny ones. That's still bigger than 
you go to Michigan or Wisconsin, try finding an eight inch bluegill. Yeah. You know, we, we have the lion's share and we're, our keepers are bigger. An eight inch bluegill are a little bit bigger. It's a really nice deal to keep. And, um, and then get pictures with the other ones. Um, and there's a whole bunch of lakes up here that have perfect eaters, seven and a half to eight and a half inches. Um, so that's not a problem. And the limit still statewide is 20. But on the lake you're at, that's you're only allowed to harvest five per day. Uh, there are lakes, like Red Lake, if you harvest their limit, whether it's two or three or four walleyes, you cannot have a state limit there. So they haven't done that to bluegill, so they kept it simple for now. Okay. And uh, as far as bluegills go, um, you know, that's that's a simple one. And crappies, crappies aren't as complicated. It's not the big buck, the bull theory. It's more of a year-class recruitment, and then if they get stunted and high-numbered, you don't get big ones. But some lakes produce big crappies. They just take time to grow, so, you know, a 10 to uh, under 12-inch crappie is perfect, those great big ones. Well, if you like eating bass, that's what you're eating when you eat a big crappie. Um, and, but outside of that, there's a lot of fish to eat. We're in an area that has big jumbo perch, and they're very prolific here. We have a lot of eater walleyes. We have uh, harvestable size, medium-sized gills, and a lot of lakes with uh, 10 to 11-inch crappies. So we're, we're pretty blessed here. We are. And, you know, what I've seen a lot of uh, people do, it, and I guess it's just, you know, they're getting more and more exposed to different fish to go after. But I'm hearing more and more people that will go out, you know, early in the morning and go for some walleyes, and then they'll say, well, they're gonna they're slowing down. Let's go find some bass for a while, and then we'll go find something else for a while. And then, you know, evening's coming, and they go, and uh, when the light's getting low again, they go back for walleyes. So that's kind of a, a great thing we have going on in this state, too. Oh, absolutely. There's not very many places... They have that mix of species on the same body of water or, or body of waters nearby. And we have some of the bass, best largemouth bass fishing in the United States. Uh, yeah, the, the South is known for bass, and they have the super giant ones. But they don't have the numbers. I mean, they, they get pressured down there summer, fall, winter, and spring all year round because their waters are open year round. And they... They absolutely get pressured, and they're a food fish down there. So you get a visitor or a relative who lives in a southern place, and they come up here. They can't believe that almost every dock they fish has a bass or everything that they want to fish has a bass. And uh, I think that's that's a awesome thing. And, and, and a lot of people don't even fish for them up here. I, I, uh, I'm guilty of that. I don't, I don't bass fish enough. Um, but uh, I'll set up to uh, Charlie and, uh, and Jason, Travis Peterson, and Craig. Those guys are on them all the time. But when the I Falls Bass Tournament comes, I'll be chasing those smallmouth bass because uh, it's just fun. And it's they fish like a walleye. You could use your walleye tackle for smallmouth bass, uh, you know, just uh, wacky worms, uh, impulse, smelts. Uh, little tube jigs uh, and stuff like that. If we're going out fishing this weekend and we want to go catch some walleyes, what do we need to have in the boat with us and where do we need to be? Well, you definitely want to try to find some leeches. Um, and fatheads on a jig are still working. Uh, and butterfly blades with a chunk of crawler are fantastic with a bullet sinker. So get a butterfly blade uh, harness from Northland Tackle, and you are set. That's everything you need. 
And if you want a nitrol, you definitely want to pick up some Northland Rumble Cranks in the Shiner. Uh, Shiner ones are working good, and Rumble Bugs. And those, those are producing fish at night. Uh, deep feed jigs, fantastic, uh, with a chunky crawler, bumper head jigs, anything with flash. And, of course, a Northland Light Bite Slip Bobber, Gamma Katsu Hook, or a little fireball jig, and a leech. And you don't need big leeches. This time of year, a little wiggly panfish leech catches a lot of walleyes. Well, listen, bro, do you have time for a, a quick fast five? Yeah, absolutely. Let's find out some more stuff about Brian Bro Brosdahl. Three. Five. Fast five. Here we go with question number one. Pie or cake? Pie. Do you prefer fruit or cream? Uh, fruit, apples. Yeah. Apples. You're, you're a traditional Minnesotan, that's a fact. <laughs> Question number two, what was the first fish you ever caught and how old were you? Uh, it was a walleye and I was five years old on Lake of the Woods. You remember it distinctly? Remember distinctly the the launch uh, captain smelled like uh, turpentine and the and I caught two walleyes and it was really rough out. It was a great time. Yeah, and, and he was hooked from there. I was absolutely hooked, and that day I caught some pike and fishing at War Road offshore as a kid. And I know how to cast as a, as a little kid, and everybody was entertained by the little kid that could fish and cast. And uh, I got to go out on the charter boat. I was absolutely hooked. And what a great, what a great life it led to. Uh, my father, Albert Grossall, got me into the sport. And with the total support of Eleanor and Albert, uh, I wouldn't be here without it. Uh, I had siblings, but they were uh, out of the house, and I was an accident. So uh, I was spoiled. I was a spoiled brat that loved the fish, and spoiled by 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 different means. I didn't. We didn't have money, and I didn't get spoiled by stuff like that. But I had a beater boat at nine years old, and I had fishing gear, and uh, and uh, so it, it was a great life. Wow. Wow. Question number three. What is your favorite movie of all time? Oh, my goodness. Boy, that's tough. I love, probably of all time, yep. I like used, used cars. <laughs> wow, I haven't seen that movie in a long, long time. I can watch any movie. I don't care special effects. Used cars just makes my ribs hurt. I laugh so hard. And I laugh at scenes that no one else laughs at because... I get what they're trying to do. I, I, I thought that movie was well written and real campy, but if you haven't seen used cars, maybe have a beer before you watch it. Um, and remember, it's, there's there's nothing flying around, or there isn't different dimensions or aliens. It's just people trying to sell cars. Okay, I'm gonna have to watch that again. It's been a long time. Wow. Kurt Russell and uh, was in it in one of his earlier films, and he was trying to be a politician and uh, they had a car lot across from another car lot what could go wrong <laughs> pretty much everything <laughs> <laughs> all right question number four are you a coffee drinker uh yeah morning noon and night i could drink a coffee before i go to bed and sleep well wow black or additives oh my god 
Uh, I, I make caribou coffee. Real happy with, uh, with all the stuff I throw in there. <laughs> uh, I, I I like I like everything you could throw in there. Oh, okay. Wow. E- everything but peanut butter. <laughs> that yeah. Okay. And finally, question number five, and this is the controversial one. Oh boy. Vikings or Packers? Oh, Vikings. Oh, God bless you, sir. God bless you. Yeah, yeah I, 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 honestly, I'd like them both to win, but that doesn't work. No, <laughs> not here it doesn't. <laughs> it, it just helps them both because I get both sides. <laughs> and, uh, and I haven't had a brawl in the boat, but I've had some people staring at each other because they don't like but I, I get both that are divided sometimes, and I always wish they could all get along. Well, all you have to say is, okay, that's just football. We're talking fishing now. That's much more important. Well, I always tell them, uh, without football, there'd be more people on the lake in our way. <laughs> That's a good point. Well, bro, if people want to get some good fishing in with you sometime between now and, well, I guess I would say the end of the year, but you, you're a nice fishing guide, too. Uh, if people want to get out there with you, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, just go to brosguideservice.com or follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and, of course, TikTok, if you want a good laugh. Uh, but let me know. Uh, there's still still some dates in October and then January. All right. He's Brian Brovrosdahl. He's a great guest to have on the show. We love talking to him. Bro, thanks for taking the time today. Thanks for having me, legendary Kevin Jackson. <laughs> oh, I am saving that recording for all time. That's it for today. Thank you for being here. Thanks to Bro Brosdahl, of course. And just a reminder, you know, it's August, so we're going to start talking hunting soon. We're going to be delving more into uh, overall outdoor themes as we go along this month and, of course, into September and beyond. We will talk to you again tomorrow. This has been the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast. Sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grand Haven Campground. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. And don't forget, you can listen to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country on KB101 FM and KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 weekdays, as well as Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Saturday mornings on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5, B93.3 in Brainerd Baxter, and Kick FM in Alexandria. <laughs>